what brings our province together always. Number one, sports. <laughs> Number two, church. Number three, music. Think about it. So what's this doing in Alberta right now? It's bringing people together. They might cheer for the others, they might cheer for the flames. Big deal, right? It's a sport. That's what it's about. Like the best thing ever. The NHL, what more could you ask for right now? You go from 32 to 16, now we're to 8, right? To 8, what more could you ask for? You got two teams in Florida, you got two teams in Alberta, you got the last two teams to win Stanley Cups in Tampa and St. Louis, you got the President's Cup champion for the regular season, you got the conference champion from our side still in it. Like you look at it, right? It's, it's perfect. So when I say that about all those things, that's yeah, is it important to Emirates? It's important. It's great for the league. It's great for Alberta. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames. New episodes every Sunday. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I'm just so happy for the whole team because, like, the mental, the mental game with getting out of the first round, it really was a curse for this core, and that's all they'd hear every single year, every single locker room clean out. That was the question every time they missed the playoffs. When are you guys gonna get back in the playoffs? Like, I, it's just, it's a relief, and the fact that these in our core. Core guys showed up like Kachuk, Gaudreau, like needed them to be what they were in game seven. And hell yeah. Now on to Edmonton. It's a battle of Alberta, bro. I know. 30, what is it, 31 years? 31 years. First time. Like, 30. oh my God. Dude, my, like, my heart. Like, like, I thought the Dallas one would be bad, but like now there's an actual rot was bad. Now there's a, actual rivalry here like come on man now for those of you younger viewers that obviously are probably not old enough to know the whole history of the flames and oilers in the playoffs let me take you through memory lane a bit i know that this doesn't matter but as a diehard flames fan you should know this information so the first battle of alberta playoff series happened in 1983 the Oilers joined the NHL in 1979, and the Flames moved to Calgary from Atlanta in 1980. I have all this written down. I wanted to use this. Okay. <laughs> that was also the first season that games were held at the Saddledome after moving away from the Stampede Corral, which has now been demolished. RIP. Um, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. We all know who that is. He was signed to a 21-year contract. <laughs> the team emerged victorious in 1983, defeating the Flames in a five-game series. It was 4-1. That was obviously led by one of the, the greatest hockey players to ever walk the face of the earth. So take what you will out of that statement. You know, it's all a grain of salt. This was... But this was like when your dad was a kid, man. Like it's um, obviously we all know the Oilers were a dynasty 
in the 80s, and we keep getting reminded of that because it's the only thing they have to flex. They beat the Flames two more times in that decade, 1984, 1988. They rotated cups. There's a certain Oilers defenseman that I would like to bring up. His, he deserves a banner up in the Saddle Dome, just uh, like more than some current players that we have on our team right now. In 1986, picture this, it's game seven. The Battle of Alberta. A sweet, sweet soul named Steve Smith scores on his own net off a missed breakout pass. <laughs> being the game and series winner for your Calgary Flames. Yeah. It was also Steve Smith's birthday that day. God bless you, Steve. God. Take like take some time and go back and just look at that clip because it is even as a Flames fan, it is heartbreaking to watch. Like I, oh my god, man! Like I, I could only imagine. Like, thank God that was not in an era where social media was a thing, right? Yeah, like because oh my god, you wouldn't, you'd have to delete your social media after that. No, like you, you, you have to change your name, move to the Himalayas, and become a monk. No stress, no, no anything, just inner peace and meditation. Like, like that's it. Like shave your head, everything. Like oh, it's time to join the brotherhood. Like that, that's what that is. Final Flames and Oilers playoff series happened in 1991, like we alluded to. It was a couple of years after the Gretzky trade, and then Lanny McDonald left Calgary. So the two teams faced off one more time. In round one, Oilers took the series in seven and then lost in the conference finals. That's where we have our infamous Theo Fleury skating down the rink, Selly goal from that year, for those of you that want that history lesson. But this is 2022. We know the Oilers have almost as many lottery wins as they have cups. And the equivalent amount of lottery wins as they have cups with the greatest player of all time on the roster. So, rivalries in full swing, baby. Four out of the top seven league scorers over the regular season facing off against each other in McDavid and Dreisaitl and Gaudreau and Kachuk. And it's the top two leading scorers in the NHL in the regular season facing off against each other in McDavid and in Gaudreau because we all know he tied Huberto for that second spot. It is going to be one hell of a series. This entire province is going to be on fire, oh, just blazing everywhere you go. It's just going to be electric. You're going to feel that atmosphere everywhere you go. It doesn't matter if you're in the dome, watching in the red lot, at a bar, with your friends. Everybody's going to be involved and indulged in this series, and I am so excited for it to start. For all the shit we give the Oilers, like, oh, like their team isn't great, yada, yada, yada. Like, what is that decor? Oh, you have Smith and Koskinen as your tandem. We're still seeing these guys in round two. They still, they're battle tested. I, I, I won't, I'm not going to say battle tested as much as we are after coming out of round one, but they're battle tested. Their series went yeah. to seven. Yeah. And I mean, if the Kings, I think if the Kings had a little bit more firepower and I don't know, maybe they weren't, I don't know, technically still rebuilding, right? 
they could have probably they could have probably beat the Oilers. Like if they had a little bit more firepower, like they were dominant more often than not over the span of those seven games. No, um, you think close that game six was like? I'm not sure how this series is going to play out. I don't want my heavy anti-Oilers agenda to come in come into my prediction. Um, I think theoretically the Flames have an advantage in every area, in every facet of the game. Um, strong play driving team, five on five. Solid team defense. We're physical as hell. We the Oilers don't match up to us in size and in physicality. Great top line, and you know scoring depth. And I know that we say that after you know coming off of this first round where we're looking at a lot of guys who should probably get going. Like I said, Blake Coleman had a great first round. That was for everything that he did outside of you know hitting the score sheet. Yeah, Blake Coleman. Callie Arncroke still hasn't scored his first goal as a flame yet. I hope that he gets one. He had a nice look in game seven. Didn't did. go in for him. Um, guys like Toffoli, I think, are just getting started. I'm so glad he got the monkey off his back in that seventh game because you already know his confidence is now there heading into this round. Um, to me, like, to me like, it's going to come down to can the flame stay out of the box? Mm-hmm. Because that Edmonton power play is deadly, and we all know that. Um, all these after-whistle brawls and tussles and whatnot, the Flames can't be taking stupid penalties out of them. If they do, it's going to come back to haunt us. I can tell you that much very fast. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come down to Mike Smith and Jacob Markstrom as well. If Markstrom can perform the way that he did in round one, I guarantee you he outduels Mike Smith. And I could see the Flames taking this in five or six if they're able to control their penalty problems and get the power play going. A, a big thing of this for me is the power play. The Flames' power play wasn't great in round one. It really didn't do anything. It didn't push the needle. We won that series based off of five-on-five five metric. Like, it wasn't... Like, okay, having a great PK, that's huge, especially against the Edmonton Oilers. But do something to the power play, man. Put Michael Stone on PP1 for crying out loud. Like, and buy something. Edmonton's power play was working at almost like a 40% hit in that round one, I believe, against L.A., so they know what they're doing and they're firing on all cylinders right now. And they're going to throw everything that they have at the Calgary Flames. This isn't a team that's just going to roll over and die. It, this one, it could go to seven <laughs> for all I can see. A lot of people don't realize that the top two best teams in the league after the All-Star break, record-wise, were Newsflash, the Oilers, and the Flames. Like the second Woodcroft came in, they, they tightened up. It's not going to be as easy to get scoring chances against this team like it would have been in the past under, you know, Tippett. They're obviously deeper. This is the deepest team that they've also had in years. But again, they're still heavily, heavily reliant on McDavid and Dreisaitl and the success of their power play. 
they, they play a very good possession game too. I mean, they after Woodcroft took over, I believe they were top 10 in puck possession for the rest of the year. Like they're they're going to try and control the pace of play against the Flames, and that's that's not what we want. The Flames have to dictate their game and play their way, and if we do, we're going to win this series. We played super tight defensive hockey in Dallas the first few games, and then kind of let things open up a bit in like I want to say games three and six because that's those were really the two games where we weren't that well inclined defensively. You can't give Edmonton those types of looks because 97 is going to come in, speed through a school zone, pass center ice into your zone, come in and have a one-on-one chance against Jacob Markstrom, and you're just going to sit and pray that it doesn't go in. Um, He's going to hey, he will every time. Like, okay, the Mike Smith thing, like that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a wild card for me because, yeah, okay, he had a great round one. The Kings are a similar team to us in terms of shot volume. And when you look at all the metrics, like thing is like they play the Kings and flames are good, good possession teams, except we're deeper, bigger, et cetera. Right. More firepower, whatever you want to add. Like, okay. I understand that Mike Smith, you know, third best goalie in the playoffs right now. Right. Like it's, the numbers are there, but how long, like, how, is that going to be sustainable? Because if it isn't, the flames have a walk in the park for their goaltending matchup. I just think coming off of what they just had to face for seven games, they're, they're going to have no problem beating Mike Smith. That's just the way mm-hmm. I look. They have struggled and desperately tried to score goals for the last seven games and just been denied, denied, denied. Mm-hmm. Mike isn't ready for the onslaught that he's going to face coming into the series. He isn't. And the fact that Oilers fans and even Flames fans are making the comparable to Ottinger, I'm just like, Ottinger was looking like prime Hoshik and had one of the best like playoff performances in a series I've ever seen in my life out of a goaltender. Yeah. You can't compare that to Mike Smith. Like if we pepper Mike Smith with 67 shots a night or 50 plus a night, like really you think he's going to be that dominant? No, I don't think so. I don't know anymore because we did this in the Dallas series and it came back to bite us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like dude, I like- just, <laughs> hockey is so random. It's, you never really know what's going to happen. You can't. I, I just, I don't know, man. It's going to be such a good series. It's going to be so exciting. Whether the game's in Edmonton or in Calgary, both buildings are going to be fucking buzzing the whole series long. <laughs> like, I'm looking at it right now. And in terms of, like, Corsi 4, the Oilers and Flames were top three. In round one, expected goals for top three in round one. Power play, Oilers had the second best power play expected goals for in comparison to the Flames' seventh ranked power play in this postseason. Defense, the Flames obliterate the Oilers in every single stat. Corsi expected goals for safe percentage. Like, that's not a surprise. It's not, but 
there are going to be people that are going to be like, oh, no, we match up. It's like, do you, though? Like, this isn't Dallas's defense. We're not talking about Klingberg, Lindell. We're not talking about Heiskanen. We're talking about Cody Cece, Evan Bouchard, Darnell Nurse. Like, Tyson Duncan Keith. Yeah, like, there's – on paper, this looks like it's something that we could take in six. But I'm not making the mistake of saying a prediction because I said Flames in five heading into round one, and Jake Ottinger was like the – I think I said Flames in five too, yeah. Yeah, we both had Flames in five. And then Ottinger comes in looking like – an avatar from ancient Egypt. <sighs> For those of you who have seen Moon Knight, you'll understand that reference. But um, it, crazy. Like, I don't know what to think because objectively, you look at all the stats, you look at the roster buildup, coaching, everything. Flames are the better team. It's not a, it's not a debate. But you're going up against the best player in the world and yeah. his counterpart. And the depth behind them is actually decent. So the thought of that is kind of terrifying to me. To me, it's going to rely on whether or not Leon Dreisaitl is fully healthy. That's a huge factor. Like, like, okay, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, they're playing tomorrow. It was, you know, Ken Holland announced that. But my thing is, is, like, what version of Leon are you getting? Are you getting... 60% 60% Leon, because if you're getting 60% Leon, that's not, it's not, it's not a comparable to saying that both guys in 97 and 29 are completely healthy. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I don't know, man. I, I watched every game from that LA Edmonton series. Um, Edmonton's depth did look really good. Woodcroft has him playing in a way that suits all of his players. Mm-hmm. Even that Ryan McLeod from their fourth line, like he's fast. He's got good hands and he's going to get in behind the defense. The flames have to be ready to defend all four lines of that team. Mm-hmm. I, they, like, I know your main sole focus is to shut down 97, 29, obviously. But the Oilers can make you pay still with their bottom two lines. And the Flames have to be prepared for pretty much everything. And, I mean, let's say Blake Coleman, Callie Arncroke, these guys start scoring. We can pay. We can make them pay, too, if they start shutting down our top line. Yeah. It's – if the Flames stay out of the box, which is going to be desperately needed as – Unrealistic as that could sound heading into a series with your biggest rival, it's almost a must. You stay out of the box, stick to your system, play like how you know how to play. Don't deter from anything. I think the nerves that they had in round one when they did deter from Daryl's system, looking back at it now, I think that was growing pains of what the fuck do we do? This is a playoff scenario. We were never we were never trained in how to play in the playoffs, right? Yeah. They're going to, like, the Flames are going to get some big saves from Markstrom. <laughs> you got to score on the power play, man. Like, I, I think the power play is a huge decider of this series. Huge. You stay out of the box. You convert on your chances. 
you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a really good spot. You're a really good five on five hockey team. You know how to play defense, you know how to transition and you know how to work in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. If you stay out of the box and score on your power play opportunities, you are setting yourself up for success in this series to me. You've got Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, Manchapani, Backlund, Coleman, Dubé, Yarncroak, Defoli. I'm going to guess Lucic, Lewis, question mark, and then 7D. I think if Tan is healthy, they're going to go back to that because it worked. And Michael Stone is, you know, for if you want to compare Stone and Richie, like, okay, I can understand Brett Richie being dressed in some games in this series for, you know, when the physicality yep. is there. But other than that, like, does he bring you more than Michael Stone has in this postseason so far? No. Michael, Michael Stone. brings a great aspect to that second power play unit, too. Mm-hmm. I, I've actually really liked him because you've heard me talk about the second power play unit and how it never scores. Finally, Michael Stone is getting pucks to the net for that second power play unit, and there's a lot of guys on that unit that like to bang and crash in front of the net. So mm-hmm. I really did like him there for sure. 100%. And, I mean, I think that's what we're going to roll with. And then you're comparing the, our forward group to a top line of Dreisaitl, McDavid, Yamamoto, a second line of Evander Kane, Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman, which, you know what, that's a good top six. Like, that's a great top six. Um, third line, Fogel, McLeod, Pugliarvi, Archibald, Ryan, Cassian. On defense, right, on our side, Hannafin, Anderson, Shillington, Tanev, Zadorov, Goodbranson, Stone. On their end, Nurse, CeCe, Keith Bouchard, Kulak, Barry. And then your goaltending matchup is going to be Markstrom and Smith. Um, Do you think that Edmonton goes with a Dreisaitl McDavid line right off the hop? Or do you think they go with the McDavid Yamamoto or what is it? McDavid, uh, Puyarvi, and Kane. I think they're going to put they're going to keep Leon and Connor together. I think I think so because I think them signing Evander Kane and having him as that option gives them the ability to put those two guys together and I think in a in the playoffs when the margin for error is like close to like zero um I could see them just right off the bat here you go. Now, that being said, if the Flames come in and we contain them, you know, and let's say the Flames are up 2-0 heading into game three, heading into Edmonton. Do the Oilers make that adjustment of splitting them up and trying to find offense? Probably. Probably, yeah. But in terms of how they're going to start the series, I wouldn't be shocked if they were together because, I mean, you you have – the Oilers finally have – a decent amount of depth that they can spread around, which is what makes them scary, not isolating 97 and 29. Yeah. And I don't know, man, like there are some guys on this Oilers team that I already know are going to piss me off. Like Warren Fogle, Warren Fogle is going to piss me off, bro. A, his name is Warren Fogle, right? Like that's the red flag. Second, (laughs) Second, we remember that this guy is like, He's like a cheap shot king. Remember, like what that high hit on Oshi a few years ago? Uh, yeah, when he was in Carey. Yeah, and then he tried taking a run at Carey Price in behind the net. <laughs> Don't forget last last year in the playoffs, him and Blake Coleman had a little bit of a feud. 
I can imagine them rekindling that here in the playoffs because we all know Pickles is a gamer. Zach Cassian is going to piss me off because you already know oh. every time this guy's on the ice, he's going to be headhunting. Oh, hell what yeah. else, what's, what's his role in this, on this Oilers team besides going out and headhunting in a playoff series? Seriously. I don't, what do you think happens with Cassian in this series? Who goes out? Because somebody is. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to try and go after Kachuk. You know it's happening. So does Luch go after him? And does Cassian run away? Or does Cassian fight Luch? They're going to fight. They're, you think so? They're going to fight. Oh, going to fucking pummel him. It's not even going to be funny. They're going to fight. It's the playoffs. It's the first battle of Alberta in 31 years. Zach Cassian is going to fight somebody, and it's probably going to be 17. Like, it's in the cards, right? Like, it's not. <clears throat> no, 100%. This isn't like lovey-dovey. Like, we, we're not going to forget that he tried jumping a 22-year-old superstar. Like, that's not something we're going to forget, right? No, nope, um, yeah. And who else is going to carry the load physically on that team? Like, seriously, who? Evander Kane? Evander Kane's going to talk, and all these oh, yeah. fans are going to hit us with, Evander Kane owns your franchise. Yeah, well, the bank owns his house. <laughs> so, like, like, seriously, like, come on. Like, who is it going to be? Nugent Hopkins? No. Uh, Zach Hyman? I mean, Zach Hyman and Evander Kane are probably going to lay the body. They're going to four-check hard. Yeah, but they're not going to fight. They're not going to fight. The Flames are going to pummel them physically. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's Zach Cassian carrying the load for the Oilers physically. It's Cassian and maybe Nurse. Nurse just might get into a, you know, a tussle or two. But, yeah, like... You have guys like really like you're gonna you're gonna try matching up against Lucic, Zadorov, Good Branson. Like, did you see what Zadorov did in round one? He made that stars team his bitch. Luke Lindenning, yeah. Rupe Hints, all these guys are just like and like uncrawled all over the yeah. They're on crutches right now, all of them. And Nikita Zadorov's like <laughs> like watching, laughing. That he a didn't get suspended and b man like from a physical standpoint like you already know McDavid's also going to be trying to throw some hits he did that so often in round one that I was like what are you doing Connor I better not see somebody sidestep a check on McDavid if he has his head down in open ice I I don't care if he's a superstar I don't care what the punishment is if he has his head down. Thinking he can just la di da around the ice. I want someone to blow him up. Like, if he thinks he can just skate into our zone at like 40 kilometers an hour and then, for example, run into Markstrom and then whine about not having a tripping call, guy, guy, what planet oh, are you? I'm, I'm already prepared for it. It's going to happen more than once in this series. I know it is. Like, it, it's it's such a joke. Like, oh, everyone talks about, oh, my God, his knee injury in 2019 when he, like, crashed right in the post. That was on him. Come on. Like, there's common sense that needs to be applied there, like, a little bit. Nurse, CC, like, I could see Duncan Keith maybe getting into a few scrums, but, like, nothing major. Like, I could see Cody could step up on the physical side. Yeah. I still can't believe that Brett Kulak, Mike Smith, and Derek Ryan 
Make up three former flames on this Oilers team right now. It's so weird for me to cheer against Derek Ryan because, like, I, he's like the only Oiler I kind of like at this point. Like, that's it. Like, that's it. No one else. Yeah. You're going to have to score some power play goals. You're going to have to stay out of the box. Post whistle stuff is going to happen. I mean, this is two rivals oh. going at it. You're just going to pray yeah. that the league doesn't wussify the calls like they did in round one because. Yeah. Like, that was ridiculous. Like, you hit into the playoffs and you think the whistles are going down, which historically they do. This year they went up. Right? They did. And it's like, no. If you were going to do that, then you should have just kept it even keel with what you're doing in the regular season. Except for game seven, though. Game seven, they did put the whistles away. Yeah, I won't game, lie. Yeah, game seven was – yeah. I, there are a few points that we did not mention in the previous video that we're mentioning now, but it's fine. Like this Adorov point and game seven officiating. Like that was, that, that was, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give the league, I'll give Gary a pass there. But you look at the top five most penalized teams in, the, in, you know, in round one. The Leafs and Flames were top two and the Oilers were fourth. That's three Canadian markets in the top five most penalized. And you're telling me there's no Canadian bias. Okay. <laughs> You can see the stat. It's like they're not hiding it, right? Hypothetically, like the Flames should be able – like if the Flames are A1, sticking to their structure, doing what they know, yeah, the post-whistle stuff is going to happen. A few fights are going to happen. But my big part thing with that is don't lose your cool. Don't lose yeah. your cool, do something stupid, and put your team shorthanded. Don't be Zach Cassian. When he plummeted the shit out of Matthew Kachuk over a clean hit. Yeah, exactly. And like, don't be a moron. Like, Oilers fans come in, they're like, oh, turtle, turtle. I'm like, yeah, because we're going to sit and encourage a goon beating the shit out of a 22 year old superstar. Yeah. Oh. No, it, play hard and physical, dictate your game, but don't overdo it. Mm -hmm. Be careful, or be careful of the whistles. Be careful of the after whistle stuff. Play smart. Sure, play chippy. Piss them off. Try and drop all these. I love it. Mm -hmm. But just do not get yourself overworked and overstressed in this series. Keep it simple, and the flame should be fine. And you saw that in the first three games in the Dallas series where we put a lot of our attention towards John Klingberg. Yeah. And you can tell that heading into game four, Daryl gave him a talk. Like, okay, no, you're not going to sit and overreact. They definitely calmed that down after game three. You saw oh, him it in the rest of the series. And I could see Daryl relaying that exact same message. Don't blow your wad when there's no need, right? Like, if one of our guys gets lit up open ice, you blow your wad there. I don't care what the penalty differential is that gets ruled out after a situation like that let them play the pass role against us because you know they will man i'm excited this is going to be absolutely insane like it's i never thought i'd actually live to experience a battle alberta in the playoffs to be honest like i never thought that we'd see it um, yeah it, it's gonna be insane man that's all i can say and, man, like, you look at the little talk that Daryl gave Johnny after he scored the winner. He's probably – let's take a guess on what he said to him. He probably said, 
gonna outdo Connor next day, and he's like, "Yup, yup," and starts laughing. That's what I think. Probably, right? yeah. And I mean, did you listen to what Daryl Sutter said today about the Battle of Alberta? I did, yeah. Like, dude, like I, this man is a national treasure. Like, he is. I, he really I love is. him. Um, no, I'm excited. I think a lot of our depth guys are really gonna come out in this one in this round and just go crazy. I think I so like, too. I feel like round one, like you also have to understand like Dallas didn't give, give you much. Like for a lot of the fans that want to pinpoint the bottom six, like, Oh, he needs to get going. He needs to get going. Okay. True. But there was also no space. No. Like, yeah. That was one of the tightest playoff series in recent memory that yeah. I've watched like bias aside. Right. Um. No, I'm excited, man. I don't even want to do predictions. I'll just let's just go with Gretzky and Dowdy's predictions. They both think yeah. we're taking it. So you don't want to do predictions, really? Uh, dude, I'm scared. Like if I like I, you know what? Okay, you know what? Flames and six. I think we should do a prediction. Flames, flames and seven. I'm gonna go flames and seven. I'm gonna go flames and seven. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going back to seven. I really do. It's like it's weird when Drew Doughty wants us to win. Like, can't tell right? if that's good luck or not. Like, he's like, "Yeah, I'm taking the Flames in the Battle of Alberta," and then he immediately pointed out the Oilers fans are probably going to be on his case now. It's like, bro, you had all of Western Canada on your case <laughs> in early 2019. Like, what are you talking about? Um, he's just amend his relationship with Calgary right now. Yeah, a little bit. Like, what? Like, I swear. Like, he probably looked at Daryl Sutter and was like, "You know what? I'm going to cheer for my former coach." This is happening. I want. Yeah, exactly. I want. I want I want Trevor Lewis and the boys to get a ring. It's like, okay, Drew. <laughs> thanks, Drew. I'm so excited. This is going to be insane. I think this is going to be something we're going to remember for a very long time. And oh, we're, I like, knock on wood, we come out on the right side of it because I think we will if everything goes, you know, the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, this team has finally given us the license to believe in them. Yeah, I mean they grinded out round one, came out victorious. Like, dude, I have nothing but finally a fire lit underneath the flames, right? I have nothing but hype and admiration towards what I'm seeing out of my favorite team in pro sports this year. Go Flames, <laughs> go. Like, go Flames. Like when when Gretzky, when the great one himself comes in and says, The flame, I have the flames over the Oilers. That's some good juju right there. How do you like that one, Edmonton? (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. No, let's go, man. Let's go. If you guys like what you heard, leave a like, subscribe, which is the most important thing. And go Flames Go. Our bodies are ready for a Battle of Alberta. Blast is ready for a Battle of Alberta, even though he won't be flexed, but it's fine. Go Flames (laughs) Go, baby. Go Flames Go. Thanks for listening, everybody.